0: and now you're catching up with peach what's up what's up happy wednesday i hope your thursday is going great guys can you believe we only have 10 days left until christmas Some of you were like, please don't remind me. And hey, I'm right there with you. I don't have all my shopping or wrapping done yet either. But if the Christmas music isn't annoying you at this point, then you've won, you're winning. So there you are. But anyway, here to talk about sports, I'll get lost talking about Christmas. It's fun. I like the holidays. I know not everybody does, but I do. Uh, I will tell you as a warning before we get into today, um, the title of this episode is called See You Again because we have lost a couple beloved souls in the sports world, and so I do need to bring that up today. A couple sad notes. And I just, if you're emotionally compromised today, or you're feeling a little sad, maybe hold off and, and listen to this episode on a different day. Um, but just like with anything, we got to talk about the highs and the lows. Uh, but today's lineup, the World Cup first, quick baseball note, like insy binty. tinti weensy I don't, itsy-bitsy spider, okay, basketball, hockey, and then we'll finish up with football. So episode 15, on the 15th, let's get it. So, by the time this gets to you, the World Cup final will be set. Uh, as of this morning, when I'm recording Wednesday morning, we already know Argentina is in the final. They beat Croatia 3 0. And then it'll either be France or Morocco. And if France were to get in and if France were to win, it'd be the first time we had back to back champions since 1960, since France won last time around. And if you were to tell me at the start of the tournament, you know, you come in with 32 teams, I would not have thought Croatia or Morocco would be in the Final Four. Yet, here they are. Here they were. And Morocco is the first ever African nation to be in the Final Four. So you love to see stuff like that, or in the semifinals. Final Four is more basketball speak. But they're the Final Four teams that are left. And then it'll come down to two, and that final is going to be Sunday morning. And even if you haven't watched a lot of the World Cup, Until this point, you are going to watch a little bit of that final, right? Okay, yes, I thought so. So in that case, I want to give you a couple soccer things. Some of this will be reviews. Some of this may seem really basic to some of you. But I want to run through a couple basics. The first thing is the game starts with a coin toss. And you got the captains that come up. The referee tosses the coin. Typically, the away captain calls it. And that determines what team has what side, who starts with the ball, And then if there's extra time needed, then you do a coin toss again. And then if penalty kicks are needed after those two 15-minute periods of extra time, you do a coin toss again. So we're starting everything with a coin toss in the world of soccer. The other thing, well, I say other thing, a couple other things. Next would be yellow cards. So yellow's like caution, right, obviously. But with fouls in soccer, if it's a rough challenge, they'll give a yellow card. But as soon as you have a yellow card, you're on thin ice. Because if you were to get a second yellow card, that would equal a red. And then your team would be down a player. So when a red card is issued, rarely do you see like a straight red. It has to be really, really bad for it to be a straight red card. That player has to leave. They're essentially ejected. And then that team has to play down a man. So no bueno. Next would be the goalkeeper. Let's talk about the goalkeeper for a second. They use their hands inside the box unless a player passes it back to them. So if a player or if one of their own defenders passes it back to them, they can't pick it up unless their defender used the head. So if you see a defender head the ball back to the keeper, they can pick it up then. Also, in a penalty kick scenario, whether that's a penalty kick taken during the run of play or like during the middle of the game. In that case, there was a foul or a handball inside the box. Or if we happen to see PKs at the end of the game, the goalkeeper is not supposed to move off his line in penalty kicks. He can move laterally on his line, and you will see them cheat a little bit. They'll step forward, but technically they're not supposed to move forward until like the ball is touched. But it's a loose rule. It's more like a guideline, but there's that for you. I think that does it for soccer basics, and I'll move into the uh, first sad note of the day. The soccer world is mourning the loss of very well-respected and well-known journalist Grant Wall. He was at the World Cup, and he collapsed. Argentina, Netherlands last Friday, he collapsed at that game, and we now know he had an aortic aneurysm. And he just, I mean, if you look up his passing he was 48 years old. If you look up his passing, there are so many tributes to him within the soccer world and outside of the soccer world. So that's a tough thing looking at this World Cup as a whole because it's been an incredible tournament, but it will be overshadowed by uh, the passing of a beloved soccer soul. Okay, my quick baseball note, Carlos Correa is a it uh, v- was very sought-after free agent, and he's a shortstop, and there was a lot of talk about where he was going to end up. And as of this morning when I woke up and saw it, he is signed with the San Francisco Giants, and it was 13 years for $350 million. So all the big money this offseason. All right, let's move into a little basketball talk. And the biggest thing to happen in basketball— and really, it's been a major news story as well. Brittany Greiner, a WNBA star, had been detained in a Russian prison for 294 days, or Russian jail, excuse me. Uh, she was exchanged for convicted Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout, and she is back on U.S. soil. Depends on who you talk to. A lot of opinions about stuff, but I'm just going to leave it with that. She's back on U.S. soil. The basketball community is mourning the loss of Paul Silas. If you're not real into basketball or the NBA, you're probably not going to recognize his name. His son actually is the coach of the Houston Rockets right now, uh, but he passed away at 79. He was a three-time NBA champion. He was a player and a longtime coach. Um, And listening to Stephen A. talk about him, Stephen A. Smith, I have brought up his name before, he just had nothing but great things to say about him. And... I don't know. People's passing, it just takes, just gives us a minute to to evaluate and think about what kind of legacy I want to leave. And so, um, yeah, a well respected legacy for Paul Silas and uh, some grieving going on in the basketball and specifically pro basketball world. Couple names to throw out at you, and hopefully you recognize some of these. Joel Embiid with the Philadelphia 76ers this past weekend dropped 53 on Charlotte. Anthony Davis and LeBron James combined for 69 points, trying to see if the Lakers can get it together. Zion Williamson, he was a big player to watch this year coming. He had a great great college career. He, He was a standout in college at Duke, and now... In the pros, he was expected to make a big splash but then got injured and we we're like, well, the real Zion, please come forward. He had 35 points, uh, Sunday's win, overtime win against the Suns. He plays for the New Orleans Pelicans and so just kind of looking to see if he's going to kind of come out into his own after injuries and things like that. So a name to know there. And the last name I'll give you is Ja Morant. And he played college at Murray State and now plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, he's kind of a smaller guy making a mark. He's only 6'2", which some of us... Are like, oh, 6'2", that's tall. Yeah, well, not in the NBA circles, okay? So when you're 6'2", and like, you know, not even 180 pounds, you're a small fry in the NBA world. So always mad respect for players like that, and, you know, Trey Young, who are the smaller point guards um, that just can handle their own in the NBA. So, as always, throwing names out at you, hoping to familiarize you with some names that, uh, you know, so they sound familiar to you. Okay, anyway... On to the college world. Uh, We'll start with the tough news there and then work our way up. Uh, Texas's head coach, Chris Beard, was arrested Monday for felony of domestic violence charges. Based on what I'm seeing, this could take a while to get worked out and what actually happened. What you need to know, Texas's men's basketball coach has been suspended, uh, and he's undergoing investigation for some charges uh, that were filed against him. Alabama... Uh, Roll Tide Roll in the basketball world, Uh, they're in the habit of knocking off number one teams. They did it to North Carolina a couple weeks ago, and they just beat Houston. So having said that, there's a new number one team in town, the Purdue Boilermakers. And so our top five right now would be Purdue... Virginia, UConn, Bama, Alabama, and then Houston. So it just fluctuates so much. And I think anytime you see a team that's ranked first, it's like putting a big old target on their back. So I'm always like, "Eh, I'm not holding my breath. We'll see how long the number one seed ranking lasts. It's not a number one seed. It's a number one ranking. You'd say number one seed if you were talking tournament, but you say ranking during the mid, like during the year but seed is like in tournament postseason play. So I tripped over my own words, but it gave me a chance to explain something to you. So how do you love it? All right, a couple hockey headlines. First up, the Arizona Coyotes snapped a 19-game losing streak, yike, with a win over the Boston Bruins. The Buffalo Sabres' Tage Thompson tied a team record scoring five goals the other night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman Crystal Tang is back on the ice after a second stroke and just anytime somebody comes back, whether they're bouncing back from an injury, health scare, anything like that, you just love to see it. What you also love to see is things that happen for the record books and Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin with the Washington Capitals had a hat trick on Tuesday night, which means he had three goals in a game and he now has 800 career goals and yet to be added to, we assume, we believe. But he's only the third player in NHL history to ever do that behind Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. So he's not done, but he's his name's already kind of been in the record books, but always farther to go. That's that's the way athletes do it, right? More more things to more mountains to climb, more records to break. I'll stop. Let's move on to football. Today, we're going to start with college football, and then we will finish up with NFL. So first up in the college world, still awaiting the much anticipated college football playoff games. And those are two games. As a refresher, we've got number one, UGA taking on number four, Ohio State. Number two, Michigan's going to take on number three, TCU. Those games happen New Year's Eve, and we'll talk more about those the closer it gets. But for right now, something kind of a I don't know, need to know around that and around those teams. Two players for Ohio State and significant players at that are going to miss the college football playoff, so they won't play. The first one is Jackson Smith-Najigba, and he's really been off and on for Ohio State all year. He's had some injuries he's been dealing with. And if you look it up, it's like, yeah, he really wanted to play in the college football playoffs. I mean, everybody does. That's the reason they play the season. But because of his injuries, he's not even going to be able to play and he's going to focus on um, the NFL draft. So he's going to enter that. He won't be there. Not a huge shot because he hasn't been there for a lot of the games this year. But also his teammate, Travion Henderson, probably Ohio State's number one running back, he will also miss the college football playoff because of an injury. So uh, just two names right now as we are approaching it. We got a couple weeks preparation, but just a couple things to note on that front. Uh, Caleb Williams. Congratulations to Caleb Williams. If that name sounds familiar, it should. He won the Heisman Trophy on Saturday night uh, with USC. Okay, the sad note in college football, and this will be the last sad note, so just bear with me, but... Mike Leach passed away on Monday night and he was the head football coach of Mississippi state and he had coached Texas tech from 2000 to 2009. He had a stint at Washington state from 2012 to 2019. And then he was in his third season with Mississippi state. We now know it was complications related to a heart issue. He was 61 and go do yourself a favor. Go look up a little bit about him. If you're not familiar with him, unconventional is a word they've used to describe him. Like he never shied away from any type of talk, like any, any type of topic, any type of talk. He just, what a character. And so now as I see, you know, the Mississippi State's like, yes, we're going to play in our bowl game. We want to honor him. I just, I can't help but be like proud of those players because for any of you who've played a sport, whether you love your coach or you struggle with your coach, They're an integral part of your life. And so this was very unexpected. Uh, So my thoughts and prayers go out to those players who are going to turn around and play in a bowl game to honor him, to the Mississippi State community, and also, of course, to his family. So a a tough loss. Um, What a character. Just makes me laugh. Obviously, you can hear the chuckle in my voice. But if you don't know much about Mike Leach, go look him up a little bit. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to say about the college world. Oh, yes. Do yourself a favor. I'm telling you to go look all this stuff up. Yeah, Mike Leach, kind of know a little bit about who he is. But also, if you're just hanging out someday, go look up the different names of the bowl games. Like, we got Cheez-It Bowl, Valero, Alamo Bowl. Go look up the the bowl games. I'll put a link in the show notes again like I did last week. I want you to go look them up and tell me which one's your favorite. (laughs) Not based on who's playing in it, just the name of the game. All right, that's enough for college. Let's wrap up with the NFL. And the NFL season is coming to a close. And so as we near playoffs, I want to get us set for how do we – how, how do the playoff teams, how does this get decided, right? And as a refresher, when we talk about college, both whether it is college basketball or college football, it's based on ranking, like somebody else puts their two cents in about who should be what. In the professional world, it is based on standing. So it's how the teams have done, what their record looks like. So, having said all of that, as a reminder again, in the NFL, we have 32 teams that are split up into two conferences the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. So, that means we've got 16 teams on each side. And then there's other, you know, divisions within that. But just for the sake of conference and conference, there are seven teams from each that will make it into the postseason. The number one seed on each side would be the number one team from the AFC and the number one team from the NFC based on record. Like if the season were to end today, you'd see the Buffalo Bills on the AFC side and you'd see the Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC side. So then you've got those as the number one, and then based on record, you'll have the number two team and the number seven team playing each other. Six and three will play each other, and four and five, with obviously the higher seed hosting. And then all of that gets filtered through, and then the winner of the AFC and the winner of the NFC play each other for the Super Bowl title. So there you have it. We'll talk about who's in it, obviously, as it approaches, but that tends to happen in the new year. We won't have NFL playoffs until the new year. Okay, two quick headline notes for the NFL, and then we'll be finished for today. First up, the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, has a torn ACL, and his season is over. And another, like, I'm trying to think, like, good job, or I'm impressed by this. Tom Brady signed a ball that the 49ers linebacker, Dre Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw intercepted it, and then he goes up and asks Tom Brady after the game to sign it. And Tom Brady did so, you know, love him or hate him, that's a pretty classy move. When you throw a pass and it gets intercepted, and the guy that intercepted it comes up to you and's like, "Hey, will you sign this ball?" Okay, well done, class act. Um, but I mean, if you if you intercept Tom Brady, I'd, I'd I'd want the ball signed too. So I can't say I blame him. All right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, so much for being here with me. I hope you enjoy the World Cup final. I will look forward to hearing your thoughts on what bowl game name you like the most. And I'll be back here next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for catching up with Peach.